0: This is a podcast about betting on sports, which is something you can do to try and make money. One important thing to know is that this podcast is not going to be the reason you get rich from sports betting. To repeat, we are not going to get you rich. There's are sleazeballs abound all over the internet who will be happy to take your money to chase that lie. Here at Best, we might make you a little bit less awful of a better if you're lucky. Bet at your own risk. Don't bet more than you can afford to lose. And Godspeed. Welcome back to the Jay and Silent Rob podcast. Uh, Rob will become silent again on this one. Jay's going to be Jay's. Jay's chatty boys. I gotta. I gotta tell you this. He's pumped up. It's March Madness, so we got a lot. We we did some actual prep work this time. Pretty impressive. I know you guys love to hear that. Jay, tell us tell us how pumped you are for this one.
1: I'm very pumped. Um, total disclaimer: I did not bet college basketball this year. Uh, took it off, Uh, was going to be productive with my life and then found topshot.com. But I am very excited. Love March Madness, nostalgic, fun, just so glad we have it this year. Didn't have it last year, obviously. Um, So yeah, very pumped. A couple of things of note Uh, to get some feedback, Rob we did the Rob pod or the Rob episode of uh, this podcast last week. And we actually kind of, I listened to it and we actually sounded like adults almost. Uh, had a pretty, Yeah. Had a pretty civil conversation. I guess that's because you were, you were steering the ship, mm-hmm. um, but I had a couple of people reach out. Thank you to that. And they really enjoyed it. Uh, I do want to make up one clarification. I said, I was not sh- uh, selling anything on top shot. I was not panic selling anything on top shot. I do have about 80% of my collection, uh, up for sale if you are bored on the internet and want to look at some things. Uh, but I have them at prices, not near the market low. So I am not selling panic selling or, or expecting to sell anything in the next week or month. Um, but I did want to make that clarification. Um, but yeah, enough Top Shot. It is March. We're going to talk March Madness. Just some basic strategy. Uh, I know people want picks, but it's more about theory in understanding you know what we're doing here, um, but as all, it should be fun. So anything before we dive into basic strategy, Rob, um, or are you back in your comfortable, silent uh, mode?
0: No, I've, I've got one. Uh, and it's related to what you just said about you're not selling top shot. I realized that I pumped, I shilled Bitcoin to our listeners last week. and I did actually sell some this weekend. Not related to the price being super high or I think that it's not good and I still hold a way more than I should, but I did sell some uh, and it's related to actually buying the house that I live in. I might be buying a house. So Whoa. do your own uh, do your own research. You gotta you gotta have own stuff that's relevant to your own personal situation, of course. But uh yeah, no, I, as you were saying that I was like, damn, I'm I'm a I'm a shady, I'm a shady guy, dude, pumping up the price and then selling on to my partner's. <laughs>
1: And we even said how people that are doing that and how fucked up they are. That's, 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 right. Uh, that's, that's right. That's rich. That's well, rich. So you guys, you found the right podcast. That's all I got to say. Um, uh, well, I appreciate the transparency. Um, and yeah, if you didn't, uh, I, I really did like that episode. I think you did a good job steering that ship and, and we're going to do it again um, early next season. This is the last episode, March madness. Um, if you haven't joined our March Madness bracket, please do so. Reach out to either Rob or I. We'd love to have you in there. Uh, $20, uh, of course, fake internet dollars uh, per bracket, max of two brackets per person. Uh, it's a winner take all bracket. And it's important to know that they the points double for each round. And this kind of takes me to my first point about basic strategy, trying to win your March Madness uh, pool, is you need to know the rules. So very similar to a lot of people think, Uh, you know, all it takes to be a professional poker player is just knowing poker, but there's really so much more that goes into being a professional poker player. You need to know, um, you know, when the worst players are playing, you need to know obviously the the odds of everything you need to have emotional control, uh, things of that nature. Another example would be like, uh, when Jeopardy James transformed Jeopardy, you know, right. Everyone thinks Jeopardy is just uh, a trivia game but he broke it into three different games. Obviously it's a trivia game and he researched the shit out of a bunch of different topics and made sure he was an expert on that. But it's not just that it's also a game of hitting a buzzer and that's an actual part of it. He trained to hit a buzzer so he could, um, you know, have that advantage. Uh, and then he also optimized searching for daily doubles. So he com- you know, took those three elements and gave himself the best advantage to win Jeopardy. And now if you are lucky enough or and also skilled enough to get on to Jeopardy and you don't play the way Jeopardy James did, um, you're, you're an idiot. You're doing it wrong. It's essentially basic strategy now. Um, if you're not familiar with that reference, then you're probably lost there. But essentially what it's saying is there are many things that go into uh, optimizing a game for basic game theory. And what we're going to tell you here is You're increasing your odds. Now, the biggest thing with March Madness is there's so much luck that goes into this. There's so much, so much luck that goes into this. So the number one powerful force is its variance, right? We're talking about 18 to 23 year olds hanging out in Indianapolis, trying not to get COVID, trying to win basketball games. It, It just, it just reeks of randomness. But what you're trying to do, let's say if you're in a bracket of about 25 people, you're trying to take your 4% chance, right? If everyone has an equal chance, you're trying to bring that up to about eight, maybe 10 or 12% chance based on how well you maximize your odds and how, um, poorly the opposition, the other people in your pool, uh, you know, diminish their odds, if you will. Um, so does that make sense, Rob, in, in how, uh, you know, the forces at play are, or are we still under the assumption that everything is preordained and it is your win to your year to win this tournament?
0: This is the first year of what I call the Calvinistic kind of deterministic basketball where it is preordained. Uh, and we're here to sell you picks at top dollar. No, you're right. Um I like the framing that you did before the show um, where you talk about kind of uh, frame that for, for the listeners for, how good of a chance you might have to win uh, you know, all things equal, and then how good of a chance you might have to win if you optimize to the nth degree.
1: Right. And that's what we were saying about you're obviously if it's 25 people, uh, you know, you got a one in twenty-five chance. That's four percent if all things were equal. If you're optimizing, you know, you're probably doubling your chances to eight, maybe ten or twelve, like I said, depending on what the other people in your pool are, how good they are, are they just picking mascots? Um mm-hmm. Things of that nature. So we're still looking at, you know, uh, a one in, uh, you know, a 10% chance if you're in that pool of 25. Now, if you're in a pool of, let's say, 10 people, you don't have to do as much game theory. It's, it actually kind of just is um, picking the best picks, if you will. There's a little bit of knowing your pool, right? We use the example that the overwhelming one seed this year is Gonzaga. So if you're in Spokane, Washington, they, overwhelming game theory is to pick any team, but uh, Gonzaga obviously you probably want to pick a good team, like a one seed, like Illinois or Baylor or somebody of that nature. But just because the majority of people are going to be uh, picking Gonzaga, all you need to pretty much separate yourself from all those other people is Gonzaga to lose, right? One event to occur rather than if you pick Gonzaga, okay, well 80% of your bracket pick Gonzaga. So that doesn't separate you at all, right? Even if Gonzaga wins at all. Um, So just, just, thoughts of that nature. Um, but yeah, uh, another thing is, you know, thinking of these big name schools, uh, thinking, um, not just at looking at the numbers either, right. A lot of people will look at a 11 being a six seed. A lot of times that's not even that big of an upset. So look at the Vegas odds, things of that nature as well. Um, all of that being said though, do not overthink it, um, and and have some fun. So we're going to go kind of bracket by bracket, Uh, And I think the best way to look at this is it's not one tournament. It's three weekend tournaments, right? So if you win your division, if we'll call it, which is the first weekend, then you go to your regional tournament where you face the other three regional winners or division winners in your region, right? And then you play those four teams will have their tournament, right? And whoever wins that goes to the final four, which obviously meets the other regional winners, so it's important to look at that. I think a lot of people, you know, they're, they're putting the cart before the horse uh, when they do these things, right? And I think a, a major advantage is looking at the first division, the first weekend, and looking at, oh, wow, out of these four teams, this team is clearly better. Um, and we'll put that into practice while we look at each region. It's important to note, I am not going to share my winners um, because that thing takes the fun out of it. Also, I know a lot of you are going to be in my bracket, so um, that would be negative EV for me to do that. But if you connect enough pieces, uh, connect enough dots, I think you will see where I'm doing here. And at the end of it, make your own damn decisions. This is a free podcast. Uh, if you want my bracket, send me some money, and, and you'll have my bracket. Uh, but no, it's more fun this way. I guarantee you, you will learn a lot more from trial and error than just copy and pasting. Uh, with all that being said, should we dive into the bracket there, Rob? Let's get it. All right. Starting in the East, we have, which I think is the most uh, hectic division, or excuse me, region. Uh, we have Michigan as the one seed, Alabama as the two seed, Texas as a three seed, Florida State as the four seed, Colorado as the five seed, BYU as the six seed, uh, Connecticut and, as the seven seed, and LSU as the eight seed. Uh, Michigan is without one of its best players. Michigan is clearly the best team in this uh, region, but they actually have the worst odds of a one seed to come out of this region. It's not really about Michigan. It's more about uh, the other teams in the region. It's, it's that old-fashioned, uh, it's not me, it, or excuse me, it's not you, it's me type of deal. Um, but it also, Michigan is missing one of its best players this weekend. It might linger into more with Isaiah Rivers or excuse me, Isaiah Livers. Uh, So do monitor that status. Uh, Another thing is with all the COVID, I would wait to submit your picks to the very end. So check on Friday to make sure there aren't any uh, COVID updates or anything of that nature um, in such a wacky, wacky time. At this recording on Tuesday night, um, there have been no announcements of a team withdrawing. So if a team does get a COVID, it would be a uh, disqualification. This is the bracket I was telling Rob beforehand that I think is going to be most tethered to your success. So think long and hard about who you have coming out of here. Um, I think it's acceptable to have upwards of probably six teams come out of this bracket, Michigan, of course, Alabama, Florida state, Texas, Colorado, and UConn. I think you could make a case for BYU and maybe LSU, but I don't. I think Maryland and Michigan State. You're kind of picking hairs here. Um, I think uh, an interesting part here, if you look at uh, the East, is that bottom region. I think UConn is a real good dark horse. Uh, and first of all, I really love them against Maryland. Uh, they're a much better team than Maryland. Uh, Hurley is the coach of UConn. Uh, much better coach than Maryland. So I do think you're going to get a great seven-two matchup with. Connecticut and Alabama. And I will say in at least one of my brackets, I'll have UConn coming out of that. Um, the other one, I will have Alabama. If you do do two brackets, a good strategy is, for example, if you're picking Connecticut over Alabama in one bracket, in the other bracket, you might have Alabama going all the way to the Elite Eight or the Final Four. And that kind of differentiates your two brackets to kind of give yourself multiple paths uh, to, to get points. Um, you, you don't want to have two brackets that are in the top five, right? You want to be aiming for first place for your bracket. So you want in an optimal world. You want to have a bracket that's in first place. And then the other bracket can be in last place, right? It doesn't matter if it's second or, or last. Some of you are in pools that reward second and third place. That's kind of just, dis- that's gross. If you're not, you know, if you're not first, you're last the the Ricky Bobby way. Um, I'll definitely have Michigan in one of these coming out. They definitely are the best team overall. Um, But it won't shock me if I I come up with Florida State. Um, Probably couldn't be talked into Texas. But one thing about Texas is they are at their lowest right now. Preseason in Ken Palm, they were ranked ninth. Um, Right now they're 26th at their very lowest of the year. Like I said, I could see UConn making a run. I might mix it up with that. Uh, Florida State has made a final four, has made, you know, uh, Leonard Hamilton, one of the more experienced teams in this region. BYU has a really good coach, uh, but they're going to play a a power conference team. They're either going to play Michigan State or UCLA. Colorado's got some favorable numbers, uh, but Georgetown is red hot. And like I said, UConn is red hot. They are uh, top 16 in Ken Palm. They are top 10 in Haslam metrics. I am going to post all of the metrics that I have used. Like I said, I I didn't bet college basketball this year, but I am looking at numbers of websites that I trust. I will post all that on my Twitter. Um, But yeah, I I would say lots of options to pick from here. Don't read too much into it. Look at the regional odds. Um, But at the end of the day, we're we're flipping coins here uh, and have fun with it. Um, a good way to look at it too though is look at the opening week odds so those are posted this one or uh, this week already so if you see a, a team that has only a they're only favored by three or four points you probably don't want that team to go very far unless for whatever reason you really love them because three or four points in in college basketball is only a 60 62 percent chance of winning so if you're in a format like my bracket is or our bracket is rob you don't want to take that risk because there's a 40% chance that a team that you pick to go to the final four loses in the first round. And then your your bracket's pretty much shot there. So you want to look for safety in these first couple rounds. Conversely, if you're in a bracket that rewards upsets, um, that's where you want to take your shots, things of that nature, because that doesn't sink your battleship if you lose a final four on the first weekend or the second weekend. So that comes back to our rules uh, or our insight from the very beginning of Know Your Bracket. Um, So gun to my head, I'll probably have one for Michigan um, and then I'll probably split hairs between either a Connecticut and Alabama or a Florida State for my other bracket uh, for this final four here, Rob. Anything before we move to the beautiful Midwest?
0: I'm sure you didn't Google this before because I didn't ask you this, but in the history of these regionals, if you had to say what percent of the time it ends up with a one, two facing each other in the regional final, what would you, what would you guess that? at?
1: I would guess that at probably 8%, five, 8%. Mm-hmm.
0: So
1: that, okay. that happens. So, you know, you multiply that by, uh, if that 8%, right, there's four regions. So we put that at, you know, just at a 25, 30% chance. That means what that happens every four years that happens in one of the regions. I think that, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, Maybe a little, maybe a little bit more, probably 10, 10 to 15%. The thing is, is everyone wants to pick upsets, right? But just because you pick an upset doesn't mean that's the one that's going to win, right? So it's always great to have this hindsight of, oh, I knew this or that. Um, I find a great strategy is more picking against, um, you know, who you don't want to advance and then building the most, anti-fragile bracket around that um, unless you really like a team because at the end of the day you got to pick your spots right you got to if like i said you got a 90% chance you're not winning this so you got to go down with your your aces right go down guns ablaze and you got to pick your spots but if it's a region where you don't really like anything then build an anti-fragile um, bracket what we mean by an anti-fragile bracket is the more chaotic things get the more you benefit so those are some strategies um, just to think about, um, but that, that goes back to me where I like to build two brackets, one that's really chaotic and then maybe one that's a little more chalk, and then kind of mixing those up as I go. Um, but yeah, just just some thoughts. But let's let's head to the Midwest. Midwest, we have Illinois as a surprise favorite, um, or excuse me, one seed. This was a team that was twelve and twenty-one two years ago. Now they're a one seed. Um, they are part of the Big Ten, which was the best conference in the 20-year history of the Ken Palm rankings. That's, I mean, they're very top-heavy. They have two one-seeds, two two-seeds, but it's also just their overall depth. Um, they, they by far had the most teams in the tournament, um, and I'm not sure we're going to see a national championship winner from them. Uh, but Illinois is going to give them just as as good of a chance. They had the best odds to make it to the championship out of the. Uh, big 10 teams. They're just over one to one to win. They're at 1.3 odds to make the final four. I think this is a pretty straightforward uh, bracket. I don't think there's a lot of uh, heavy hitters here, but there are two teams of note and probably only two teams that I will pick uh, to come out of this bracket. Uh, So the one seed we have Illinois, the two seed we have Houston, three seed we have West Virginia, four seed Oklahoma State, 5-seed Tennessee, 6-seed San Diego State, 7-seed Clemson, and 8-seed Loyola. Uh, one thing of note is Illinois is as hot as any team in the country. They are uh, they just won the Big 10. They are ranked third in Ken Palm rankings. They are fourth in metrics. I would love this team if they had any sort, type of experience. I actually do like their coach, uh, Brad Underwood. He had some experience as a good tournament uh, coach a couple years ago with SF Austin, moved to Oklahoma State for a few years, and then has been building things at Illinois. One of the biggest things I like to look for is balance and experience. This team does have balance, great offense, great defense, but they don't have experience. If they had experience, I would probably pick this team to win the, uh, the championship or at least go to the title you know, at least one of my brackets. Um, but because they don't have that experience, uh, I'm not as keen on them. Kind of a sleeper team is Houston. Houston's had a lot of success. They've been the best overall program probably in the last five years in this bracket. They play in the American Conference, so they're easy to sleep on, but they're very consistent. They're six in Ken Palm, six in Metrics, a balanced team. The only con is they don't play in a real powerful conference, but they don't really have a lot of competition. This isn't that great of a uh, bracket. The three seed is West Virginia one thing to note about West Virginia is they are currently at their lowest price, if you will, in the rankings. They are 27th in Kempom and 27th in Metrics, two rankings I use. Um, Kempom is kind of the uh, Vegas number line. So essentially Kempom, I know I keep speaking in jargon because I, I f- keep thinking I'm talking to chem- or, uh, college basketball degenerates. So Kempom 10 years ago was essentially used if you had access to this website and you just bet it blindly, you are—it's pretty much like a printing press. You are making money. About five years ago, the college, uh, the sports books just essentially copied KemPom. So whatever KemPom makes a line, they open it at that, and then the betters kind of bet around that. KemPom is still the best one source to use. So um, if you hear me referencing KemPom, those are pretty much the closest thing to accurate rankings as you're going to get. Um, but of course, as always, there is a little bit of noise. Uh, but West Virginia was ranked eighth at some point in this year. They have Bob Huggins who has been to multiple final Fours. Those are two things we like West Virginia, mostly known for their defense. This year is actually known a little bit more for their offense. Something uh, I forgot to mention in the beginning is yes, you do want balance with teams, but you would rather have a better offense than defense. If you have a great offense, you're never out of the game, right? So the example is that you might have the best defense in the world, but teams might make Open jump shots, right? A team might shoot 70% from the three-pointer. If you have an awesome defense, you're going to have a harder time coming back in that game. If you have an awesome offense, you're going to have a better chance at coming back in that game because obviously you can score points. Another team you're getting at a low price is Tennessee. Uh, They are 21st in Kempom. Um, This is a team that had Final Four aspirations a couple years ago. Rick Barnes, their coach, has been to Final Fours. The only problem with this team is it's more defensive-oriented, but I will have them winning at least a couple games, and I do like them coming out of that uh, mini-region, that mini-division against Oklahoma State for a variety of reasons. First of all, Oklahoma State has the quote-unquote number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. Um, They have this superstar team, and he's a great NBA player, but those star-driven teams with not a lot of experience, which Oklahoma State doesn't have, they don't really usually do well in the tournament. Also, Oklahoma State is playing a very feisty 13 seed, Liberty. Um, that is one of the upsets I will be having definitely in my bracket is Liberty. And you kind of want to parlay that. So if you know that Liberty has got probably a 20 to 30% chance of beating Oklahoma State, then you're going to want to make that uh, second round pick with Tennessee to win even more so because you're expecting to face Liberty more times than the average person is. And that's where you kind of get that leverage um, thinking two or three steps ahead. Uh, last team I really want to talk about, or last matchup I want to talk about, you have Loyola and Georgia Tech. Um, I think this is a tough matchup, maybe the hardest 8-9 matchup that any one seed has to face. Uh, you have the narrative of if Illinois wins, being Drexel, they would face Loyola, who is obviously Loyola of Chicago. So you have that narrative rivalry. Loyola, the rankings love. Ken Palm has them nine. Haslametrics has them eighteen. They haven't really played anybody, so they're not the ninth or eighteenth best team. But it's hard to know if they are they really twenty five, are they really thirty, are they really fortieth, or maybe they are closer. Maybe they're low twenties. Maybe they are eighteenth or tenth. Um, so you have the narrative there. Also, Georgia Tech is red hot. Just won the ACC tournament for the first time in I think nearly thirty years. Um, so Illinois—that's another reason why I won't, I'm not going to have Illinois moving that far because they're after the second round or excuse me, after the first round playing the 16 seed, they're going to be facing a tough, uh, team in Loyola and Georgia tech. And then most likely after that, Tennessee or Oklahoma state, uh, in terms of the bottom half of that bracket, uh, I really like Houston. Um, I might have West Virginia coming out of one of these brackets just to kind of diversify with Houston, but I, I would most likely going to have Houston going to the final four in one of my brackets. Um, one note I want to talk about with game theory, you see a 6-11 matchup there, Rob. Who are the schools you see at 6-11 and 11 there, Rob, in the Midwest?
0: We're talking San Diego State. We're talking Syracuse. Two party schools uh, who can get down, get jiggy with it.
1: Absolutely. So a lot of people will look at it and say, oh, a, a fun uh, upset pick is I'm going to pick Syracuse over San Diego State. And they're partially right. Sy- Syracuse is a great tournament team. And even though this is a 6 11 matchup, San Diego State's only favored by three points. But then you got to think Syracuse is a very popular basketball school. Carmelo Anthony, of course, choosing to go to Syracuse instead of staying in state in Maryland, uh, even though Maryland had just won the national championship in 2002, one year before he graduated. I'm still not getting over that, of course. But um, yeah, Syracuse is a very popular team. So while you think you might be picking an upset there, you're a lot of people are going to have that upset. The sneaky part is, is it actually is a good upset pick because Syracuse does have, um, a, a good chance of winning that game. So the way I'm going to play that is I'm going to have Syracuse upsetting San Diego state in one of my brackets, but then I'm going to have West Virginia winning that next bracket. And then I'm going to have, or that next round. And then uh, the other way from the most highest leverage is I'm going to take San Diego State to beat Syracuse in one bracket, and then I'm going to have San Diego State advancing to the Sweet 16 because I know for compared to the average six seeds, so few people are going to have San Diego State. So that's just some of the things to think about from a game theory perspective. I know that doesn't really make a lot of sense, um, but just things to think about. You know, you're not just you know you're not just picking upsets like 11 over six. It's not really an upset if the majority of your bracket has that same 11 over six. Does any of that make sense there, Rob?
0: Yes, it's a ton, man. You're talking like a person who's thought about this a shitload, which is true. (laughs) Um, But yeah, okay. So yes, it may be a good pick, but it's also a popular one. So you got to kind of factor that in, maybe do some discounting or maybe not. Maybe keep it simple. We don't know it's random as shit.
1: Yeah, it, it is. And like I said, it, I know I'm I'm talking almost in circles there, but it's it's not just, um, you know, unless you're getting unless you get points for upsets, then if you get po- if you're in a bracket that gets points for upsets, then I definitely think you should take Syracuse. No doubt about it. But OK, and that's not, not the
0: case for our bracket, right? It's
1: not. It's not the case for our mm-hmm. bracket. Okay, yep. Right, right, and right. if you have any questions about our bracket, please let me know before you submit your picks. Um, one, so I'd mentioned, I like Liberty over Oklahoma state in the first round. I also like Rutgers over Clemson, a nice 10, seven matchup, uh, big 10. First of all, Rutgers is favored in that game. So that's another one, even though it's a 10, seven, look up the Vegas lines. It takes five minutes. You'll get a lot of value there. Um, and if you're looking at the Vegas lines, you're essentially looking at the Ken rankings. Cause like I said, Vegas just incorporates them, uh, in there. All right. Should we venture to the South? Rob? Heading back to your stomping grounds. Let's do it. All right. The South is where we have um, what I think might be the chalkiest bracket, at least from a Final Four perspective. You have Baylor, who you're getting at your cheapest price this year. Um, They are the overwhelming favorite, almost even odds to win the the region. And they are one of three teams to be – Kempom number one this year. And the lowest they've been ranked all year was four. They have a lot of stability. We are kind of getting them at their cheapest point right now. You think of Blue Buds in college basketball, you don't think of Baylor. But over the last two years, other than Gonzaga, this has been the most consistent team in college basketball. So that's a pretty good sample size. Baylor will be going to the uh, final four in at least one of my brackets, uh, maybe both of my brackets. Um, so that that I will share with you. Um, Ohio State, the two seed in this bracket is a fairly good two seed, uh, pretty decent coach. They're not going to over talent you, but they do have a good coach. Uh, But other than those two, I most likely will not be picking a uh, team to go to the final four uh, from the other 14 teams. The three seed Arkansas, um, they play kind of a funky style of play, very high paced. Uh, Eric Musselman, a good coach, but they don't have a lot of experience as a team. The four seed Purdue, pretty much they're always ranked three, two, four seeds. Um, Computers love them, just like Ken Palm here. They um, have the 13 rankings, but really they're probably closer to a 16, 17 uh, overall rankings, I would say. They don't have a lot of success in the postseason. Also, this isn't the best version of their team. Texas Tech, the sixth seed. Um, a great program, a great coach, but not one of their best, uh, versions of their team. That being said, definitely a team I'm not looking to pick against, uh, that, and that's another reason to fade Arkansas because after their first, um, uh, week or first round, they would have to play the winner of Texas tech and Utah state. So there's like a 70% chance they'll have to play Texas tech, a team that just two years ago was in the national championship game. Uh the four, or excuse me, the five seed Villanova, uh, a really good program, but they have a major injury. Uh, Connor Gillespie, one of their best players, is out for the year. They play also a very high variance type of basketball and it's high variance for two reasons. One, they shoot a lot of three pointers. Three pointers are, are, are uh, binary. You either get zero points or you get three and they're quite random. So if you you know shoot 15% under expectation, it really doesn't take a lot to, to beat you conversely, if you shoot lights out, you can pretty much beat anyone. So if you're in one of these really big tournaments or brackets, this is the type of team you might pick in one of those brackets to go far because they are high variance um, and because of the injury. That's the only caveat why I wouldn't pick them. is just because that injury is massive and they kind of are a brand name. So you're not going to get your most uh, bang for your buck. The other reason they are high variance is they are slow tempo team. Slow tempo means less possessions, right? So less chance to show your skill over a lesser team. It's like if you're playing Michael Jordan in a game of uh, like horse, would you try to beat Michael Jordan in a jump shooting competition shooting one time or shooting a hundred times, right? If there's less possessions, less chance for Michael Jordan to show his skill over you, you're going to have a chance if you just shoot once. You shoot a hundred times, you're going to lose, right? Right. So that's why the slower-paced teams, um, they play a higher-variance game. This is the same for Wisconsin, who is the nine seed here. Um, that's a tough nine matchup. They are they do play a good brand of basketball. I do like them against North Carolina. Um, they're a high-floor team, but a low-ceiling team. That being said, they are a pretty good program. Uh, I do think Baylor in that second round, though, will out-bully them with their size. Um, I think this is a pretty uh, – Straight up uh, bracket, I'm going to have Baylor in at least one bracket. Most, I wouldn't say most likely. I want to differentiate a little bit, um, but there's a good chance I have them in both my brackets going to the Final Four. Um, as far as a uh, first round matchup, I really like. I like Virginia Tech against Florida. Much better coach with Virginia Tech, um, and I do think the Florida coach is a little bit overrated. But like I said, I did not bet college basketball this year, so take everything with a grain of salt and. Most importantly, have fun with it. So glad we have the tournament this year. Any thoughts, feelings, concerns before we move out west there, Rob?
0: Get me out west, dude. Get me out of the south.
1: Let's do it. Well, just like you did, Rob, we're moving out west from the south and we have the best team. We have the best team residing from beautiful Spokane, Washington. They are the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And they, if, if, you know, we were to get a reward for 2020, 2021. Gonzaga should be the national champions. And they've been they've been the pretty much most consistent pro, uh, program the last 10 years. have never put it all together and won a national championship. They have the clear best team this year. Um, so as I told Rob beforehand, if you had put a gun to my head and say, which team wins at all, I say Gonzaga, no doubt. If I had to pick one team. That being said, just the nature of the tournament format, we have 68 teams. If you gave me a yes-no proposition, does Gonzaga win or uh, yes-no the national championship and it was even odds, I would take the no. Um, But you are getting, if you are picking Gonzaga, it's important to note that you are, while you will be paying a premium, it's not the same premium you're going to pay as a Duke or a uh, North Carolina if they were this super team. And let me tell you, They are a super team. They are clearly the best team in college basketball. And they are in arguably the easiest region. So, those two things combined, I know I will at least have in my bracket Gonzaga winning one national, uh, winning the national championship. But probably in my other bracket, I'll have somebody else just for differentiating purposes and game theory purposes, as I mentioned previously. But don't hold me to it. I have the right to change all things like Rob selling all his fucking Bitcoin after pumping it last episode. (coughs) (laughs) Moving to the two seed, Iowa. Probably the second best offense in college basketball. That's a huge plus. That's going to keep them in every game, but they have a bad defense. 50th ranked defense by Kempom. Um, Something tells me that's going to trip them up even before they face most likely Gonzaga in the Elite Eight. Um, They could easily be tripped up Round two against Oregon, uh, or potentially round three against Kansas or USC. Kansas ranked number three. This is not a Kansas team of old. Usually, they're a one or a two seed. They're actually lucky to get a three seed, from what I was reading. That being said, they do have the athletes to run with an Iowa. Um, so you might be getting them with low expectations. Um, you know, I can speak from experience as someone who's coached both middle school girls and middle school boys basketball, it's easier to coach without expectations. Uh, there's less pressure, right? You play a little bit more freer. So maybe you do see that. But that being said, looking at the metrics, looking out from what I read, this is an underwhelming Kansas team, which is the three seed. The four seed, Virginia. Um, well, just. These are one of the teams that are play a more high variance type of basketball, extremely slow tempo team. Computers love this team but higher variance means more likely to be upset. Um, I love the way Virginia plays, but like I said, it makes them more susceptible to upsets. Uh, and this is not the best version of Virginia basketball, but they are still reigning national champs from two years ago. The five seed Creighton, uh, probably better than your traditional five seed, um, but don't really have the, 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 the guns to take down a Gonzaga in the sweet 16 Gonzaga did beat the two, three and four seeds. I don't know if I mentioned that already, but they did beat Iowa. They did beat Kansas and they did beat Virginia already this year. And I think they beat all three fairly handedly, uh, all double digits. I do believe Gun in my head. If I had to pick someone other than, uh, Gonzaga to come out of here, I would probably pick Iowa because, um, they don't have that brand recognition. I know they're a two seed and they have great offense. Um, So maybe they just get lightning hot from it. Um, But that all being said, it's hard to bet against Gonzaga, man. They are the best team. Uh, Two years ago, we had Virginia winning the year after they were upset as a 16 seed. And it was kind of like very poetic. Um, You know, 2018, they get upset by the first ever 16 seed winning, my UMBC Retrievers. Uh, Then the next year they come back and win it all. It was very poetic. If there is any poetry in this tournament, Gonzaga will win it all. Any thoughts there, Rob? Before we conclude things, um, the final four. Like I said, you have fun with it. Flip coins. Uh, I've given you all of my insight. Um, you know, have fun with it. Own it. Do do the most game theory you can. Get your you know if you're in a, a smaller pool, you don't have to think too much about game theory. But if you're in a hundred person, thousand person uh, pool. You need to really get funky with it, right? Have a wild card team. You know, think about how am I going to differentiate myself from the rest of the brackets. Now, that doesn't mean picking a 16 seed to win at all. I mean, obviously, if it were to happen, you would win. But you know, that that's the risk not being you know the uh, worth the reward there. But just have those thoughts as you are picking the brackets. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any questions. Um, have fun with this. Um, yeah, Rob. Anything um, from your sabbatical from silence? There, Rob.
0: Nope. Looks good. I'm going to undermine, uh, all the intelligence that you have built here, uh, and use it against you in your own bracket that you're sponsoring. So anyone else who's wanting to get in there, uh, come in and help me, um, reduce Jay's odds of victory.
1: That's it. Yeah. Hit us up for the bracket. Um, uh, this is the end of season two. We will be back in August. I want to thank all the listeners. I want to thank, uh, thank Rob for, uh, all his support and all his uh, patience with his silence Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: all all the other things he has done. Uh, Thank you all. Give us feedback. And, uh, yeah, let's enjoy some madness, shall we?
0: Let's get mad. Catch you guys next season. Peace.